Welcome to the Code Bytes podcast, where we are joined by Chris Jones. Chris is the Director of Engineering at Nysos, uh, working closely across sea levels and product. With over 10 years industry experience and five years in top leadership positions, Chris is well-versed in building, nurturing and leading tech teams, uh, along with being passionate about mentorship. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Stephen. Great to be on the podcast. Brilliant to have you. So Chris, we always like kicking off and just asking you to elaborate on your journey so far. What you got you into the software engineering and subsequently working at Nysos? Yeah, for sure. So I've always been intrigued with technology, especially from a young age. I've always enjoyed strategy games and and problem solving. And this led me, and at the time, pretty unconvincingly, to pick to do a computer science degree at university. And thankfully, this turned out to be one of the best decisions that, that I'd ever made. And at university, I got into iOS development. I loved that I could write some code and then see an app running on my phone and show, here, here's the piece of work that I created. That was, that was really gratifying. And it was a really good introduction to programming. I think I made around five iOS apps to the App Store. And, and over the course of my career, worked on around 10 different apps, which was, was really interesting. And this was kind of what led me to fall in love with engineering, essentially. It's, it's kind of that gratification of being able to build something that solves a problem that then you can then show here, here's what was created. Here's the, the piece of value around that. And early on in my career, I was very fortunate to get a varied experience in large companies, in medium-sized companies, and, and small startups. And this really helped me form an opinion of the type of work environment, culture, and impact that I personally wanted to have. And with the, the experience in those three different types of companies, this is when I took the jump to work for a startup called Secure Broadcast back in 2015, which we then rebranded the company to VML Technology. And during that journey in the startup, I was able to immerse myself in all aspects of startup life from engineering, the product, the process management, and even getting involved in the sales cycle from a technical perspective. And these are things I learned you've got to do when you're working in an eight-person startup. So getting all of that exposure across the business was was incredibly valuable to, to my career. And I was very fortunate there to be offered the CTO role within 18 months of joining. I was only 26 at the time, so I actually considered turning it down because I thought I didn't have enough experience to actually do this role. But of course, I did accept, and this is where I found a passion for building successful teams that really focus on delivering value to clients. So taking all the experience from the other roles and positions I had and putting it together uh, and trying to execute that in a, in a startup scene. And alongside the, the building of successful teams, I found I have a real love for seeing people's careers develop. And this, were, this is when I knew... I wanted to be a leader within technology. I love motivating teams and trying to, to inspire the team so everyone was aligned to, to one mission and one message and showing that we together can help evolve careers and help build something that has that has real value. And I'm kind of fat pouring to, to where we are now at Nisos. I joined Nisos because I believed in their mission and vision and that, that we can create technology for analysts and being a part of building that engineering team for an organization that, that delivers real value to clients and we can show that we can make a real impact is something that, that really excites me and I can help drive and motivate the team and build a great team around doing so. And 
kind of ties back into why I love technology and, and being able to create something that delivers value and can really make a difference to to the world as a, as a, as a technology for greater good. Brilliant, Chris, and that's a quick succession as well, the CTO at, at um, 26 years of age. Um, and we always like delving into um, success influencers, and we'll probably touch upon one or two things there, Chris. But I mean, what makes you want to succeed and what changes are you trying to instigate? Yeah, there, there's definitely a few things that drives my kind of want and need for success. And firstly, it's, as I touched on before, it's creating technology that can make a difference. In my career, I've always looked for opportunities that can make a positive impact on the world. And I mean, it's very clear that it's been proven that technology can be, can be created for good and create a lasting impact on the world. And I've always tried to find a niche where the, a company or organization has a clear mission and vision and that technology can drive the direction to make that positive impact. And again, that's a key reason why I joined Nisos. I strongly believe that we are building a technology and we'll touch on this later on in the podcast, but we're building something that can make a real difference to people's lives and, and already has. And, and to extend that, building technology that makes a difference is a, is a big success influencer, especially when it's challenging. Challenges that can be solved over a period of time with research, with feedback and teamwork is, is why I got into engineering. And, and that is a, a massive driver for me that... We do things that are difficult, but working together, we can we can achieve those goals and build value over time. And then finally, helping supporting people's careers. I really care about the engineering teams that, that I work with and seeing each individual progression and throughout time helping others achieve their goals is a massive success influencer for me. And some examples that I'm really proud of is that some of the ex-team members that I have hired in the past have went from first jobs within engineering, the kind of the role I hired them for was their, their first position within engineering. And then over the next five to six years, two of them have actually grown into future and technical skills and leadership qualities that they have both become and held at CTO and VP of engineering positions. And just being a small part of that person's journey to get to that position in a reasonably short space of time is something I'm very proud of. And it's something that the is a massive success influencer for me and in terms of what I do and um, why I enjoy being involved in the tech community so much. I think, I think that's great, Chris. Uh, and certainly from our first conversation, you had mentioned how you enjoy building and nurturing people around you and turning them into leaders. And I think the three words you mentioned was seeing them shine, thrive and maximise their potential. So I'm keen to learn, I mean, because it's quite infectious hearing that um, and it's great to have that mentorship in the marketplace who's been the biggest influencer Chris in in your career and I'm, I'm keen to learn what what key traits would you have learned from them I probably had quite a few influencers across my career the things I tend to look out for is people that are, are inspiring that the people's messages that, that you can follow and really get on board with and and people that can collaborate quite a lot I had some really great leaders early on in my career within Kianos from a product perspective and learning how they do work how they collaborate and, and how they convey value to what engineering teams are building but also to clients as well helping bridging the the engineering to, to the business to the customers so kind of seeing that from an early stage and how companies like Kianos do that and nurture their talent was a massive influence for me 
And of course, working within the, the startup scene, seeing other organizations and, and people going off on their own, doing their own thing and, and really driving and thriving for success, but also collaborating and communicating what they've done, what's worked, what hasn't worked. I think all of that as an entire community really helped influence my ambition and my drive for for what the the end goal is within technology, within kind of my own career and where I want to get to. So it's it's not necessarily there's been one main influencer within the space, but a whole host of many different people and different types of people that all kind of come together and you learn from and you take and give from people like that there. And those are the types of inspiring and motivating people that that I love to be around and very much class a lot of them still as friends. Brilliant. Love to hear that. Another question we'll ask, uh, Chris, is, is what's the biggest challenge that the industry as a whole is currently facing and what will it take to address this? Yeah, the, the tech industry faces a number of issues, some more, more important than others. And I think one that's, that's very prevalent and current right now is the, the mass number of layoffs that we're seeing within tech. Of course, companies have to cut costs due to the economic environment, how things are going. That generally is just business at times. However, I think what we've seen over the last two, three years is a complete lack of social responsibility within many organizations. We've seen a massive spike in large hiring and and growth within companies. And I've definitely seen and heard firsthand and also on the likes of Twitter of many engineers in big companies who are doing very little work, but companies have just hired because, or to try and ensure that their competitors can't uh, secure that talent. So that, that massive lack of social responsibility of hiring for the sake of it, kind of capitalism taken to the extreme. And now we're seeing the, the, the downside of that. So I think from a, a leadership perspective in organizations, there, there's a massive problem that, that needs to be addressed there. And I think this is the hopefully the turning point to ensure that that doesn't happen again in the future because of all the, the pain and, and hurt that we're seeing with these layoffs and the, the lack of empathy that the organizations and leaderships seem to be showing to their team and staff. And I think just the overall weight of money and people's times that we're seeing that that this needs to change. And also in terms of social responsibility, organizations and leaders need to be able to show what value that they're giving to their customers, to their clients, to, to their investors. And I, I think we see a ton of, of waste that's continually happening where um, organizations are building technology for the sake of it or that it's not necessarily solving real problems. And we're seeing the likes of dangerous technologies to the environment being introduced, likes of cryptocurrencies and NFTs, where we just haven't seen a real value proposition for them, especially in comparison to the, the, the massive negative impact that they have on the environment. So I, I feel that that's a massive social responsibility challenge within the technology sector that I hope we're able to look back and learn over the past two, three years on what that looks like and, and how we respond from there going forward. And I think that very much lies on technology leaders and business leaders to ensure that the right things are being done for the environment, for social responsibility and, and for for staff and employees that, that they undertake and, and bring into the company and the business. And we will hopefully see more yeah, more responsibility being shown by CEOs and leaders within within all of that space. And then secondly, unfortunately, we're, we're still speaking about this in 2023. 
There's a, a massive issue around uh, diversity within tech. It's something that when I came into the industry around 2010, 2011, it was a massive problem. And it's probably just as big, if not bigger right now, because we've, we've seen the, the scale of it. And tech is a very male dominant industry and there needs to be a large effort and continuous large effort to help make the industry more inclusive and welcoming and pull out gatekeepers and try and make the industry much better and, and make it an environment and place where people come and love to work and actually want to stay in technology. Tech as a whole and engineering is very difficult. It's not an easy industry to be in. So we don't need people making it more difficult. Let's, let's be kinder, let's be more empathetic, and let's make this a better place to work for everyone and practically try and make this more inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think CSR is a big topic uh, and all three of those key aspects there, Chris, and it's different, uh, you know, companies perhaps talking, but it's seeing more action and how. So totally agree. Listen, a major issue that we are trying to address is the um, developer skills gap currently. I'm keen to learn, Chris, what are you doing personally to address this along with the work of Nisos? Yeah, there's a few things that we do within Nisos to help to help nurture and develop, develop talent. And I strongly feel this is something that all organizations and all leaders uh, across any level with the organizations can help promote internally. And this, well, firstly, there is the technical leadership where we proactively and directly mentor team members to help them evolve and build on their skill set. We set clear goals around learning and development, track them throughout the year with personal development and continuous improvement being a large part of those goals. And how we help proactively promote that within Nisoft is that we always ensure that there's a set time for personal development and upskilling. And we specifically set aside a section of our sprint planning days for personal development. And this works out at around one and a half days per month that every single engineer gets for self-development and to help spend time doing courses and improving their own skills. And essentially this is from the start of the day to 3 p.m. every other Wednesday. And that's something that I've always done throughout my career in the, in the multiple startups that I have worked in and trying to promote and ensure that engineers have time that they can go off and, and spend time on their own upskilling, learn skills and, and communicate and collaborate with the team outside of their usual day-to-day -day working hours. And one amazing thing that Nisos offers is a pre-approved training budget to all engineering staff. So we ensure that we give each team member uh, the time, we set the goals and we ensure that they have the budget so they can upskill. So the ball is in their court and but we make sure we give them the right tools so that they can continuously upskill. But of course, there is the, the massive issue within the industry where we need to give people the initial leg up into the industry and give more time to junior members of staff. And it's an important thing that we do within ESOS and that, that all organizations should be looking into is ensuring that they hire across all skill levels, bringing in graduate and junior engineers and giving them a clear path for progression uh, and ensuring that they have the mentorship and the time and the training that each of the, the more junior engineers brought in have the, the time, yeah, essentially the, the time so they can grow and succeed within the company. And previously within a, a startup within, it was BML technology, we ran a 12-week boot camp to teach people how to code and create iOS applications. This is a program that I'm really keen to get up and running again. It kind of died due to COVID. And 
it's something that it gives people the the community and the the kind of firsthand experience so they can go in and and learn different pieces of technology and, and learn from industry experts and create those relationships that they can use going forward and i know there are a ton of organizations in belfast the likes of a uh enos and esos that both offer great uh, training program. So as we grow in within Nisoft, this is something that I definitely want us to, to bring in internally, but it's always great to recognize when other organizations within Belfast are, are doing similar things, which, which are very commendable. Absolutely. There's some great stuff happening in the local market, different academies with people coming in various different backgrounds. You could have accountants, you could have even solicitors. There, there's a, a new way of attracting the talent in the software engineering, which is great to hear and see. So Chris, probably on that subject, I'm keen to learn how you would identify the most exceptional talent in the marketplace and what traits do you look for when hiring? This is a really hard question and I'm sure it's something that everyone in the industry struggles with with some degree because we all want to try and hire and identify and find exceptional talent. Firstly, for me, it starts with the, the screening and it's looking at a person's experience. Do they have varied experience in different companies? Can they demonstrate the skill set that they say they have? And, and generally, do you trust that their technical skills match what they claim to be? But generally, that, that's kind of looking at CV, looking at do, does their experience match what we're trying to achieve with the role, with whatever we're hiring for? But then from there, to find exceptional talent and find people and personalities and thought processes and opinions that we want to bring into our team and, and traits, what we really look out for is, are they caring? Do they demonstrate this through their stories and experiences? Are they potentially a good mentor? Are they potentially a good leader for the future? Do they care about what they do? Do they care about their teammates? Can they show empathy? I think that's incredibly important as, a, as an organization and as a team skills to ensure that there is, there is harmony, but there is also the ability to challenge and push back, but in a very respectful way. Also looking at communication skills, like how, how good are their communication skills? Are they someone that will shout over other people within the team? Or are they someone that likes to listen and also can strongly communicate their own point of view? Are they a curious person? Do they like innovation? Do they show signs of wanting to be part of something that can push the bounds? And it all depends on what type of role that we're hiring for. But all of these things combined are, are key skills and traits that I feel make someone very exceptional, can add something very different to an organization. But then on the flip side, as a leader, once you find someone that you believe has the potential to be exceptional, I believe it's it's up to you to take responsibility to nourish and build up that person to ensure that they can fulfill their full potential. And I think leaders need to take that responsibility to ensure each and every single person within their team can fulfill their potential and, and live up to who they want to be as well. Absolutely. Perfect, Chris. It's a privilege, isn't it, to be in that opportunity where you can grow careers internally. And lastly, Chris, I'm, I'm keen to hear... What advice could you give aspiring software engineers in today's market? Yeah, this, this is a great question. And I'm going to go from my own experience because I wouldn't change any of my experience for, for anything. I would say for, for people, people are different. They like different things. So try startups, try large companies, find out the types of organizations and problems that you like to solve 
there's such a wide range out there. And if you can use your first few years of your career, and it doesn't need to be your first few years, but if you can use that to experiment and see what's right for you, I think it's it's really important to have a great leader. So go out and search for a good leader. Find someone you want to work with and for and find a leader that you believe in and, and can communicate strongly with you. And I strongly believe if you find the right leader, they can strong, they can really help accelerate your career and grow it and move it to the next level. And it's even someone you can check in with in the future after you move on. Then after that, it's about setting goals. And if your career doesn't advance by a set amount in a time frame that, that you set out, it's time to move on. I mean, in this industry, people do move quite a lot and it's okay to move on for, for the right reasons. And if they are selfish reasons that you want to progress your career further, that's a more than right reason to move on and try something else. Even if it turns out to be the wrong move, you're at least learning more and more about your career. So don't be too scared to, to make that jump. And, and I think as a, as a goal, if you can aspire to become indispensable to your team by, by crushing it, collaborating and mentoring and communicating, not in the gatekeeping way of becoming indispensable. That's how you'll massively accelerate your career and, and get opportunities. And it's it's something that I feel I've done. And that's how a lot of doors opened up for me is, is continuously trying to improve yourself, improve your team and collaborate with everyone around you to solve this shared and set problems that your organization has. Brilliant, Chris. Yeah. And it's very much finding a great leader as much as a great business and actually both will combine together. This has been very beneficial. If people out there want to learn more about the great work Nisos are doing and yourself, how could they go about doing this? Yeah, if you want to find out more about me, uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. For I, I try and post quite a bit about everything engineering related. I'm very passionate about the serverless architecture and, and all the really interesting problems that help solve. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisJones4, and that's Chris with a K. And if you want to find out more about Nisos, you can check our website, which is nisos.com, N-I-S-O-S.com. And our team does some incredible work and very interesting work. And on our blog, you'll be able to read about how we help the FBI find and capture a top 10 most wanted fugitive by using open source intelligence techniques. You can read about how our team discovered a mis and disinformation campaign on social media that uh, directly affected the outcome of the Colombian and Brazilian election and kind of what other nation states were behind this. We in Nisos, of course, can't talk about what our clients do. So we do a ton of research out in the open about problems and government elections and criminal activity, et cetera, that, that we can post about and talk about. So there's a ton of really interesting kind of real world things that you can read about within our blogs. And these are insanely intelligent people, probably the most intelligent, smartest group of people I've ever worked with. So check out their work and see what they're doing. And it's, it's the technology platform that we're building to help support them. So definitely check that out. And we also have a Cyber 5 podcast if you want to delve into more of the technical cybersecurity space which is hosted by Landon Winklevoss, the co-founder of Nisoft. So two great resources to check out there if you want to learn more about what we do. Brilliant. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yes, excellent, Stephen. Really great to be here and great chatting to you. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. Cheers, Stephen.